The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Cause Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. You are listening to your Champions League final and your Europa League final preview show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also, check out my website, lockbetting.com, where I am guiding my clients through their 96th month in a row of transparent tracked profit. And that is largely down to us cashing a large majority of our futures that were put out in September. For our next bunch of futures, make sure you are signed up by June the 1st so you can get the futures plays for Euro 20, Euro 21. There will be extensive coverage here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast with an individual podcast for every single group. And then we'll be bringing out a podcast every two days. But if that's not enough for you, over at lockbetting.com, you're going to get all of my official plays and a podcast every single day covering the Euro 2021 tournament, the summer soccer tournament this year. And we're not even going to have a break after this show because we will be covering all of the international friendlies that are coming up after the Champions League and Europa League finals. So it never stops here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast and it certainly never stops over at lockbetting.com where we look to have our 97th month of Transparent Track Profit next month, aided by the meat and potatoes of the MLB season, the NBA playoffs. We've had an incredible NBA season, NHL, boxing, and of course the tennis. We've been unbelievable with Grand Slams and we have two of them coming up very, very shortly. The French Open starts at the weekend. There'll be a Futures podcast for that and then plays every day. And then of course Wimbledon coming up towards the end of the month and more so taking place in July. So no better time to sign up. Come aboard the money train and sign up for that 97th month on June the 1st over at lockbetting.com and make sure you are subscribed to get all of our soccer content here at SGP Soccer. Follow the Twitter account at SGP Soccer for all the information. But as I'm telling you, if you subscribe to the podcast, you will get a podcast every two days for Euro 2021. Moving on with these Champions League finals, 
We've had an incredible year with the Champions League and the Europa League in terms of uh, landing the locks that we've landed. We've got an overall record this season for locks across the Champions League and the Europa League of 28 and 7. That is 80% for those of you that know your maths. 28 and 7 was our lot record for the Champions League and Europa League combined. And we are on the verge, hopefully, of picking both the winners of the tournament at the beginning of the tournament. Now, when I say the beginning of the tournament, Manchester United weren't in the Europa League at the beginning of the tournament. Once Manchester United entered, we immediately got money down on Manchester United. And then, of course, as you guys know, at the start of the Champions League, this was a rare year where I was actually behind Manchester City. I just felt that the ingredients were there for Manchester City to win it. My initial reasoning was is that they don't need to focus on the league anymore because they had a very, very bad start to the Premier League season and I felt like they could solely focus on the Champions League and let someone else win the league. I did not expect them from that position to absolutely blitz the Premier League, go on an unbelievable run and suddenly learn how to defend, which is what Manchester City done, which makes them an even stronger pick for the Champions League. And they they became a stronger pick throughout. They became a worthy favourite. They weren't just someone that I picked because they didn't need to focus on their league form because they had such a poor start, which was my initial reasoning. I think the pick strengthened for me throughout the tournament as Manchester City became more and more of a decent outfit in all areas of the field, whereas other teams had their problems. Paris Saint-Germain had inconsistencies with swapping Tuchel for Pochettino, which didn't work out for them. We looked at the situation with Juventus, with the with the um, acquisition of Pirlo not working. Spanish football took a massive, massive nosedive with all three of their teams not really making any kind of dent in the Champions League this season. And Bayern Munich looked very, very poor defensively with both teams to score cashing in nearly all of their games. Manchester City were almost a pick through process of elimination at one point. And... Um, I believe that they will go on and finish the job. But we won't cover the Champions League first. We will cover the Europa League because the Europa League final takes place tonight between Manchester United and Villarreal. Looking at the money line prices for this game, Manchester United are currently the 10 to 11 favourites to win this in 90 minutes. It's 12 to 5 on the draw and it's 7 to 2 here on Villarreal. Looking at the outright to lift the trophy market, Manchester United are now available here at 4-9 with Villarreal here at 13-8. That isn't really a good hedge prospect here for my clients. I was looking for something a little bit bigger and obviously that move, that line move has been moved significantly by the absence of Harry Maguire. Manchester United have not looked like the same defensive organised unit and the importance of Maguire has shone through as we head towards the end of the season. But just to highlight a couple of things, if I was doing one of my videos and there will be more videos um, as we head towards Euro 2021 and there will be a video for the Champions League final this week, I'll be posting a, a video, a tactical video. If I was doing a tactical video for this game, what I would highlight is Manchester United have conceded a lot of goals that I don't think that they would have conceded with or without Maguire. If we look at the goal that Manchester United conceded um, at home to Fulham, as being a prime example, Fulham managed to equalise when Luke Shaw bottled the tackle. Now, Luke Shaw has been consistent all season, despite the fact that he's had injuries. He hasn't been injury-plagued this season, and he has been winning those 50-50 tackles. This was a 50-50 tackle that Luke Shaw didn't win. Why is this even important? It's important because Manchester United have nothing to play for as we head towards the end of the season. Despite the fact they have a rivalry with Liverpool, and um, despite the fact they were faintly, very, very faintly still in the title race when they played Leicester... 
it wasn't worth anybody going out there and winning 50-50 tackles. It wasn't worth going out there and breaking your neck. This game is. This game is for an actual trophy. So whereas Luke Shaw didn't go all in for that ball and it resulted in Fulham winning the tackle and then scoring the goal, this would have been consistent all over the pitch with various tackles, getting yourself in the box for headers. Nobody wants to get injured. Nobody wants to pull a muscle or, or break a leg or do anything or be in the situation, the exact situation that Harry Maguire is in now, getting injured in a pointless game against Aston Villa because Manchester United's Champions League qualification was sealed a long time ago and there was virtually no chance we were catching City from in, in the league once we dropped too many points in a certain period of the season. I'm looking at the period where we dropped points against West Brom and uh, at home to Everton from winning, um, from being 3-1 up in that game. And also when we lost at home to Sheffield United. That was the period when Manchester United lost the league. They didn't lose it at the end of the season by, by not going 100% and running the table. No, not at all. So I think a lot of players may have had that in their mind. Are we much weaker without Harry Maguire? Yes. Should Villarreal score in this game today? Yes, I think Villarreal will manage to score here in this game. There's statistical data to support that. Plus, Villarreal aren't one of these teams that are going to come and sit in and make it difficult for Manchester United to break them down. And I think that particular particular feat will go into Manchester United's favour where if you're looking at attack versus attack here Manchester United should be able to outscore this team I think this will be the final out of the two finals that will produce more goals and I think it's a very solid play to take both teams scoring today which is available at 10 to 11 yes and 10 to 11 no and I will definitely be airing on the side of yes Manchester United have won three of the last four meetings with Spanish opposition with Edison Cavani coming into this game having scored nine goals in his last 10 appearances for Manchester United and he must start and if he does I think he'll score but Manchester United have conceded in each of their last seven matches and I don't think anything will change here today um, I would love to take Manchester United on the money line I would love for this to be a nice easy comfortable evening with us winning by two or three goals and coasting to the trophy but I think it's going to be stressful I think we're going to miss Maguire I think Villarreal are going to score in this game and it may take the whole 120 minutes here to get it done, which would be typical Manchester United style. I can see there being nerves. I can see there being difficulties. I can see there being mistakes. But somehow, I do think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will carry this team to their first trophy under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer tonight. I think it will be a massive, massive disappointment to lose to Villarreal. This is a team that just finished 7th in the Spanish League. If they don't win this game, they will be playing the Europa Conference League next season. We don't want to give them the, the Champions League spot. Some people will say they'll be more incentivised because there's Champions League football in, for, in it for them and Man United are already there. That, for me, is absolutely stupid reasoning. Uh, Manchester United are desperate to win his trophy under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. This will cement the good work that he's done. A whole bunch of semi-finals that we've, that we've managed to lose in. Finishing 2nd in the league. We want that trophy. Trophies are what players remember when they retire. They don't remember fourth place finishes or second place finishes or losing a whole bunch of semi-finals. We have to win this game and I think we will find a way to win this game but I don't think it's going to be that easy. The odds have moved for a reason. Harry Maguire will be a miss but when you look at who will, who will be on the field when you're looking at uh, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, uh, Mason Greenwood, Edson Cavani, these are all players 
that would walk into the Villarreal team. Looking at a combined 11 with these two teams, with or without Harry Maguire, you're looking at eight or nine Manchester United players making the team. That should be enough for us to see us over the line. And in an attacking game, I do fancy us to win and exploit that open space with the pace that we have. So I'm going to take Man United here to, to, to win this game or to lift this trophy. But obviously that is available at under minus 200. So that doesn't offer you much value. So my main lean here will be to take both teams to score. And at the moment, that is available for you at 10 to 11 minus 110 in this one. Moving on to the All English Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Lots of controversy over this one. They wanted it moved to England because it couldn't be played at its uh, original venue, which was supposed to be Istanbul. So they wanted it moved to England. They ended up moving it to Portugal because they couldn't have the UEFA delegates flying into England. So they prioritised the delegates and moved this game to Portugal, making all of the English fans fly over there rather than prioritising the fans. Chelsea fans have failed to sell their allocation of tickets because the travelling is far too difficult because there are still some restrictions in Portugal for English fans to get over there. So Chelsea have handed back around 800 to 1,000 of their tickets, which is um, in causing a lot of amusement from Manchester City fans because they're often called a, uh, a, a a team of plastic supporters and they're told that they don't have any real fans, etc. And they are laughing at the Chelsea supporters, as are most of the um, most of the other football teams laughing at Chelsea, calling them plastic fans, etc. But this is a massively controversial situation because Chelsea should be able to sell their allocation. And the fact that UEFA are responsible for this, for making it so difficult because they prioritised their delegates over the English fans that would have easily been able to get to Wembley or, or Villa Park or Old Trafford or all these other places is an absolute joke. So as much as it is bad that Chelsea fans have decided this is too expensive, this is too much hassle and um, haven't bought up their full allocation, it still primarily falls on UEFA's lap. Plus, I'm also hearing stories about Chelsea fans that are saying this story isn't true. This story isn't true. This this uh, Our website said that all allocations were sold out because they were only offering them to season ticket holders and weren't going down as far as club members. And club members were more than willing to take the tickets. So rather than selling them to club members, they decided to hand them back to UEFA, which is UEFA's priority, because they can sell those 800 tickets as hospitality tickets at £1,500 a pop. Now, this sounds more true to me than Chelsea supporters not being able to ticket to get the tickets because I dealt with this fucking bullshit myself because these scumbags at UEFA who are crying about the European Super League and rightly so they are not perfectly innocent themselves at all they are no white knight in this situation they lied to football supporters who had tickets for Euro 2021 and told them that they lost their tickets in a ballot due to a reduction in stadium capacity. Now, that is true. There was a reduction in stadium capacity, but there was nothing random about the people that lost their tickets because I had 12 tickets, I had three matches and lost all of them. And this is consistent with people that are complaining online. There's nothing There's nothing random about that, especially when you are then taking these tickets and you are selling them as part of hospitality packages. There is actually a pretentious video with a man and his girlfriend going up, getting their tickets, going into a box, 
eating um, canopies and prawns and all this kind of bullshit, which is not a real football experience. But they've taken our tickets away for the reduced allocation and they've upsold them for £1,500 to £2,000 and sold them to fraudulent football fans. This is absolute bullshit. This is why it's difficult to support UEFA. Whereas the European Super League was definitely the wrong way to go, it's perfectly understandable why sometimes clubs and owners want to move away from the likes of UEFA and FIFA because these are absolutely corrupt, wanky and villainous organisations that do need to be looked into. Their dealings need to be looked into as well. It's not as simple as um, not wanting a European Super League and saying that UEFA and FIFA need to be fully backed outright and they are the, the, the good guys in all of this. No, they are certainly not the good guys. They never have been the good guys. And I think this situation with the Champions League tickets and with the Euro 2021 tickets definitely outlines what a shit show UEFA and FIFA really are. So moving on to the game, I'm not going to go super in-depth into this game here because I do have a video coming out later where I'm going to talk about more stats and trends. I am going to make a pick on this game and um, give some analysis on how it may play out, but I'm going to keep it brief here on the show. There will be a video later on in the week. That's largely down to me not wanting to guide you in the wrong direction because I've mainly been in thinking about how the Manchester United game plays out as we are still four days away from the Champions League final. But looking at the prices here, here. Obviously, Manchester City going to this as the favourites, but I don't think it's as significant as I expected, given the poor end Chelsea had to the season. Manchester City are only available here at 10 to 11. It's 12 to 5 to join. It's 7 to 2 here on Chelsea. And the outright winners market here sees... Um, Chelsea at 7-4 to four to lift the trophy and Manchester City here available at 2-5 to five, although if you shop around you can get them at 4-9. to nine. Now this is very similar to Manchester United and Villarreal. Obviously when you look at the Manchester United and Villarreal game you would say the golfing class is equal but the way Manchester City finished the season and the fact that they've won the um, League Cup and the league already this season and the way Chelsea finished with their inability to score goals you would think this would be a little bit wider plus Chelsea had a much easier route through to this final where they only had to overcome uh, teams in Spain who looked much, much weaker in, in, in general throughout this tournament. Atletico Madrid uh, didn't look like they really showed up for the game against Chelsea and Real Madrid were massively poor across both legs. In between that, we saw uh, Porto beaten. So when you're looking at the state of Spanish football and you're seeing that uh, Chelsea had to come through Atletico, Porto and Real Madrid, in other years that looks like a difficult schedule. But this year, it wasn't really too difficult to navigate their way through, whereas Manchester City had to get past Paris Saint-Germain, of course, in the semi-final and a lot of people are looking at that saying that one could determine who wins the tournament the trio of Bayern Munich and PSG and Manchester City all being drawn on the same side having to play each other a lot of people would cipher that the winner would come out of that trio but as I said previously, Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain are both teams that are finding it very, very difficult to win this competition. And the fact that Chelsea have won their last two competitive games against Manchester City in all competitions coming under Tuchel does lead you somewhat to believe that maybe Tuchel has something over Pep Guardiola and he knows how to stylistically stifle this team. Um, Chelsea last won three in a row against Manchester City between 2005 and 2009, where they won eight in a row. So this isn't unusual for City to get these wins over City. But of course, City were a massively different team back in 2005, 2009. This was before the investment came in 
uh, to the club and obviously way before Pep Guardiola. In the European competition, Chelsea and Man City's only previous meeting came in 1970-71 in the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final. Uh, Chelsea won both of those legs 1-0 and then went on to beat Real Madrid in the final after a replay. And uh, here are some interesting stats for you that I dug up. Uh, Manchester City are the ninth different English team to reach a European Cup or a UEFA Champions League. It was previously European Cup. Now it's the Champions League final. And that's at least three more than any other country, with Germany having six and Italy also having six. However, and this is very interesting, only one of the last 10 teams competing in their first final have won. So let me reiterate that. Only one time in the last 10 finals where a team have got there for the first time, have they won? That was uh, Borussia Dortmund winning 3-1 against Juve in 1997. This is actually the third year in a row where a Champions League finalist will be in a Champions League final for the first time. We had Tottenham in 2019. We had PSG last year. And now we have Manchester City here in 2020-21. So obviously when you're looking at that, that is a little bit worrying for Manchester City where teams that get to their first final have literally won 10% of the time. And uh, the fact that Chelsea have had two wins over Manchester City going into this recently in the FA Cup and the league may lead you to believe that Thomas Tuchel may have something over Pep Guardiola and this team. But here's the other side of that argument. Manchester City did not put out a full-strength team against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final. Maybe they regret that because they ended up winning the league relatively comfortably and they could be coming into this looking at a quadruple. Instead, they're looking at a treble and it will not be a treble that is significant as the one Manchester United had because Manchester United won the big treble. They won the FA Cup instead of the League Cup and that is still considered to be the higher competition. Although it will still be a treble and although it will still be massively impressive, I still think the 99 treble of Man United will be held in higher regard after the after this tournament, whether Manchester City achieve it or not, it remains to be seen. But getting back to my initial point, that was the Manchester City second team that we saw there in that semi-final. We saw a lot of rotation and we saw similar rotation when Manchester City were beaten by Chelsea in the league as well. So Chelsea didn't win any of these games significantly. It was just by a single goal, but Chelsea had um, their teams out for both of them. Tactically, I don't think Manchester City will set up any differently, but the implementation of tactics will be different from players that play regularly and players that don't. Again, the flip side of that argument will be who really plays regularly under Pep Guardiola? Who? How many players can you say that is a Pep Guardiola mainstay? That is a Pep Guardiola player who plays all of the time, who is fully engaged and engrossed and understands the tactics of Pep Guardiola and understands what he needs to do on a game-to-game basis. It's very difficult to say that about many Man City players. It's difficult to say that the rotation was full rotation when Manchester City rotate continuously. I mean, it's called Pep Roulette. Fantasy players joke about it all the time where they joke about being um, pepped out of points because players they expected to play didn't play. But I think you can definitely point the finger at four or five players at least. And will that be enough to make a significant difference? I think so. When you look at Manchester City last week, looking at winning the league, look at Pep's interview after, look at the team spirit. The statistical data isn't what I'm going on here. This is a gut 
indicated to me that um, Chelsea finished the season how they did. The, the mood, the mindset and the interview of Tuchel that I watched was very different to that of Pep Guardiola. This looks like a team of destiny here. And my gut tells me that they will manage to lift this trophy. And I do feel if Chelsea are to win it, they, they they may need to do what they did last time or for the last two games, which is um, put men behind the ball and try and win it on the break. And I feel that if the game goes to extra time or anything like that, then all of a sudden uh, the pressure starts to mount on Manchester City. I feel Manchester City's best chance of winning this game is in a 90-minute period. I think that they'll just dominate the ball. Um, they'll create openings and this time they'll take them. And if Manchester City do... Um, managed to get in front here in this game. I do think that they'll they'll suffocate the game with possession. Uh, Chelsea will be forced to come out. They won't be able to play that block, which stops Manchester City playing. They'll have to abandon the counter-attacking style, which will just lead to Manchester City winning the ball, uh, winning the game more comfortably. Either way, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Whilst Manchester City are dominating the possession and uh, are trying to break Chelsea down, that doesn't lead me to believe that suddenly we're going to have an influx of goals. The last game only cashed the over in injury time, and um, that was Chelsea winning the game with Manchester City chasing the game. I don't think Manchester City being level in this game with 20 minutes to go are suddenly going to chase it. This isn't three points. This is the most important game of your season. If you need an extra 30 minutes to win this game, then, then take an extra 30 minutes to win this game. So I don't think there's going to be that kind of um, gambling taking place here. I don't think these two teams are going to be too gun-ho. And finals are usually conservative occasions anyway. At the moment, we have the under here sitting at 7-10. to 10. I think that line will move near a kickoff. And I think that would be the way that I initially play this game. But as I said, there'll be a more extensive preview where we will look at the tactics. We will look at more stats and facts and everything going into this game. And that video will be, will be released later on in the week. But at the moment, for both games, I'm leaning for both of these trophies to end up in Manchester. I like Manchester. Manchester City a little bit more in 90 minutes. I like goals in the Manchester United Villarreal game with both teams to score being my main play. And in this particular game, I like it to be, well, I don't think it's going to be good to watch. It's not that I like it. Uh, I like cagey games, but I do think this will be a cagey game where Manchester City try and break Chelsea down and Chelsea try and do what they've been successful at against Manchester City this season, which is uh, breaking on City and being able to to penetrate and sitting on the lead that they, that they have. Well, that was particularly apparent in the FA Cup game. But as I said, we'll talk about this more in the video coming out later on in the week. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Follow me on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. But that's it for your 2021 season here. That's it for your Champions League and Europa League show. Thanks for listening to the Champions League shows throughout the year. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.